I hear lake water lapping with low sounds by the shore. And that can mean only one thing. It's time for Cousin Rick to call in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk. Good morning, Cousin Rick. Good morning, R.T. Hey, hey, how are you? Or good afternoon to you. Well, it's afternoon here, but it's a golden autumn day, as Van Morrison might say. Yeah, very nice. Yes, I've got the last of the autumn leaves on the trees, and they're backlit by the sun. It's all golden yellow, and they're blowing off the trees. So i got to go rake them now. <laughs> you can't just but let them... But if it blows hard enough, they'll blow it into the neighbor's yard. <laughs> so you can always hope, you know. And, uh, and then you could just watch them blowing by your window. That would <laughs> be... Yes. <laughs> okay, well, do you have a ride of the week for us? Yes, the ride of the week is the interesting... It's the Hyundai Elantra N-Line. This is kind of a, a sporty... Compact sedan, mid-size, uh, mid-size sedan, and uh, it comes. Ours came in ceramic white, so it's a striking white car. But inside, the interior is black with some. The end line has the red stitching on the steering wheel and on the upholstery and around the appointments on the dash. So it's. Uh, Quite a nice-looking uh, car. We'll go through the specs here. It's five-star safety rated, which is uh, which is always good. The fuel economy numbers, given uh, it's got a 1.6-liter gas-direct-injection turbocharged engine, which gives 201 horsepower. But what's interesting is... This car comes with a six-speed manual transmission. So uh, you could look at 1.6 liter and say, well, that's not much of a, an engine, 201 horsepower. But when you hook it up to a manual transmission, it's uh, fun to drive. And uh, when you're tooling along the, the turnpike and you come to an exit, you have to remember you're in a manual transmission. You have to start downshifting. You tend to forget that after driving so many cars today with an automatic transmission. But uh, EPA number-wise, the uh, Elantra N-Line is rated 25 miles per gallon city, 34 highway for a combined number of 28 miles per gallon. But being uh, a manual transmission, you could always tend to hypermile and going out on the Mass Pike and going... Uh, to the mountains in New York and coming back, the uh, we were getting close to 40 miles to the gallon, so which is a uh, a nice number to have. Okay, and uh, the base price of the vehicle it's twenty four thousand one hundred dollars, which is uh, fairly reasonable these days, and with uh, Optional uh, carpeted floor mats and delivery, it's only $25,260. Now, uh, you know, the stick is fun to drive, and uh, it's a little on the noisy side on the highway. That uh, I guess they lightened it up to get better mileage. But for that $25,000, look at, uh, here's some of the safety systems that come standard on the car. It, uh, you have forward collision avoidance with pedestrian detection, blind spot, 
excuse me, blind spot collision avoidance assist, rear cross traffic alert, lane keeping assist, and a safe exit warning, which means that it, it reminds you to check the back seat so you don't leave a, a child or a pet back there. And it has driver alert warning, which uh, if you start to drive a little, and I wouldn't say erratically, but maybe drift from side to side in the lane, it'll tell you to take a break and have a cup of coffee. And uh, it comes with 18-inch alloy wheels, which had performance summer tires. So they said you've got to remove these tires for snow and uh, icy conditions. And so that's the ride of the week, the Hyundai Elantra N-Line. All right. Sounds very good. Yep. Anything else uh, automotive today? Automotive. Of course, we have our friends at IC Cars have uh, furnished us their latest survey of uh, what are the hottest selling cars in the month of October. Now, we, uh, we've been talking about the chip shortage and the prices of cars, both used and new, being higher because there's more of a demand and less of a supply. But according to the, the data from uh, 250,000 new and used cars sales in October from IC Cars, the demand is slowing down. So the, uh, the way they rank cars is how long they're on the lot. And it, uh, the average new car takes about 31 days to sell. And in September, that was a 24 days to sell. So it takes about a week longer. So the demand is is going down. People are probably getting, uh, maybe they're, they don't have to buy a new car right away, so they're waiting to see if uh, prices come down and uh, things stabilize in the automotive industry. So that, uh, that's our study from uh, iccars.com. And uh, one of the other things there on, on the result is that uh, hybrid vehicles and electric vehicles are still in uh, much demand, so uh, those prices are maybe a little bit higher than other vehicles. So that's our report from iccars.com. All right. And uh, do you have a Musk Minute by any chance? Yes, but I have some more automotive. Oh, you do? Okay. Yes, okay. This is from Nissan, makers of the Nissan Leaf. In Japan, they've started using... Uh, Nissan Leaf batteries that uh, it may be in uh, traded in vehicles or vehicles that uh, have uh, the battery is worn down a bit. They're using those batteries as emergency power supplies at railroad crossings. That uh, the, the the batteries would still have sixty to eighty percent of their capacity, and uh, they're using these to replace lead acid batteries in emergency supplies because the, the batteries could still last in service there up to 10 years rather than uh, three to seven years that the emergency batteries do now, plus they require less maintenance. So that's uh, a new use for electric car batteries. Hmm. Nice, nice. Okay, and uh, anything else, or do we have a Musk Minute? Well, we don't have a Musk Minute. No, no Musk yes, Minute. We, we kind of do. <laughs> I just uh, pulling your leg there, okay? 
Well, Musk has been tweeting, so we're not going to talk uh, about that. But more or less in the space, uh, the space business, there's there's always some news. And the news last week came out a company called Spin Launch uh, in October. They tested what they uh, is a kinetic means of launching satellites into space. They they used their first uh, test site in New Mexico to do a suborbital test. And basically what this is, it's a, it's a circular vacuum chamber in which a vehicle would be swung around by a high-strength carbon fiber tether. Now, the, uh, the, inside the circular chamber, it's evacuated, so there's no air friction. And this thing spins up to about 5,000 RPM, and then uh, electronically controlled, there's a tube off the side of the, it looks like a big hockey puck on its side. And there's a tube coming up the side that uh, once the vehicle reaches the right speed and position, it is flung, it's released and flung out the tube to go to high altitude or into suborbital space. And uh, eventually what would happen is this was a suborbital test. The... Uh, the test site, it, it looks like a disk that's maybe, oh, 165 feet high. And uh, this, uh, that's the suborbital accelerator. And eventually they want to send into orbit satellites weighing 200 kilograms or 440 pounds. Now, when you're spinning this thing around, these uh, satellites and the systems would get up to be subjected to up to 10,000 Gs. So you're, you're not going to use this to fling people into space, that's <laughs> for sure. But they say that the electronics and the systems can take 10,000 Gs worth of acceleration before being flung out of the uh, vacuum chamber through a tube, which uh, on the tube would have fast closing doors so that the vacuum could be maintained inside the chamber for rapid launches of several satellites a day eventually. And they, what it would do is it would, you know, it would spin the satellite, fling it up, and then an upper stage motor would put it into orbit. So it's not a total kinetic system, but it's a, an interesting concept. And that's pretty wild, like a yep. orbital but, slingshot. <laughs> but to show that no, nothing is really new again, uh -huh. way back in the 1850s, I think it was uh, Ever, Everett, Everett Hale. Not, not Everett um, <laughs> Yeah, I keep getting confused. <laughs> but <laughs> he came up with a story called the Brick Moon, where they put an artificial satellite into orbit by effectively slinging it into space by spinning it and throwing it up there. So that's uh, that's kind of a... Uh, a little footnote in history. Oh, all right. There you go. All right. So uh, what else do you have for us today? Okay. Uh, let's see. We've got some more energy-saving news, okay, that a uh, you may have heard of a company called Britain Norman, B-R-I-T-T-E-N. They came up with a short-range, uh, say, island-hopping airplane back in the 60s that's been in use for... Uh, 
oh, short-range flights around the world, and they've partnered with Cranfield Aerospace Solutions in the U.K. to take one of their airplanes and make it hydrogen electric powered. They'll have a hydrogen fuel cell on it, and this would power electric motors. And these would be used to fly flights to the Isles of Scilly off the coast of uh, Cornwall in southwest England, and it would maintain the environment there, and the, uh, the hydrogen would come from local renewable power to supply the airplanes that uh, would be using these flights. So it's kind of like an interesting uh, demonstration of renewable energy. And they were, they were looking at using battery-powered on the airplanes, but they said in uh, the schedule they'd want to maintain, it would take too long to recharge the batteries. So they are going to use fuel cells where you can uh, charge them up with uh, hydrogen gas fairly quickly and then uh, go on and make some kind of uh, schedule flights between the mainland and the islands. All right. And uh, what else do you have? Okay, we have one here from Nanyang Technological University in Singapore in conjunction with the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. They've come up with a clear coating for building glass that it has oxides of various chemicals in it that you put this coating on glass and pass a low electric current through it, it will keep out, oh, about 70% of the infrared radiation incident on the glass, so it would keep buildings cool in the summer, and it would, use, it would allow air conditioning to use less energy for, uh, for cooling. And then in the winter, in moderate locations, you would turn the, the current off, and the heat could come in and heat the building and uh, so they claim this is uh, it has a long life and some of the other solutions like that now uh, they uh, they'll keep the infrared out but they also darken the glass enough that you can't really see that well out the building so this keeps the building uh, you can have the view without the heat Hmm. and then in the winter you can have the view and the heat what little heat there is Right, right. I wonder if you can use that in conjunction with the uh, ultra-reflective white paint. (laughs) That's right. There's always uh, serendipities with some of serendipitous uh, situations here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe they would work together. Hmm. Okay. Well, and what else do you have for us? Well, finally, uh, NASA just announced that instead of the... uh, the next moon landing being in 2024, it's been pushed back to 2025 because of COVID, because of uh, the lawsuit against Elon, as the Musk Minute, by Jeff Bezos' company, which was thrown out. So it looks like uh, they're working on the human landing system from SpaceX. And right now they're looking at the first part of 2025, although... Next year, in early 2022, the Space Launch System will, spend, will send the first uncrewed mission around the moon and back with the new Space Launch System and the Artemis uh, program. 
and the Orion capsule. And then the year after, we'll have astronauts make the same trip, looping around the moon. All right. Something to look forward to. Okay, so is that a wrap for today? That's a wrap for today. As always, glad we could get together. All right. Glad we could get together. And that was Cousin Rick calling in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk, a regular feature of the Newtopian Dream.